Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of one-page books of the Bible. This week, our study is concentrated on the book of 2 John, which was written by the Apostle John sometime between AD 85 and 95. The theme of this book is truth and love, hence the title of this message. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message. When Paul wrote to churches, he addressed them with uh, plural uh, pronouns. So, John was old. We know that he had many friends in the region in which he lived. There's very strong evidence that he lived in and around the region of Ephesus and uh, that, that area known as um, uh, the Roman province of Asia. We would call it Asia Minor. It's mostly in the country of Turkey now. There was that cluster of cities with churches all founded during Paul's missionary journeys. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, uh, Philadelphia, Laodicea. There was also Colossae and, Her- and Heropolis. The book of Colossians was written to Colossae, and book of Philemon went to a man in that church. That's where John lived for those years that he survived about 20 or more years beyond most of the rest of the apostles. Then he wrote these five books of the Bible late in his life. Now, there's an obvious theme word here. There are actually two or three theme words here, but I would say the one that rises to the, to the top is the word truth. And it's introduced in the first few verses there. We already read verse 1. We'll come back to it. But we can use the word truth as the basis for outlining the 13 verses of this book. Truth is the source of life. Truth is the rule of life. Truth is the boundary of love. Truth is the boundary of fellowship. And then truth, well, there's too much to say. So let's look at the beginning I'll read the first three verses. Truth is the source of life. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Well, there's that theme word, truth. Uh, In his epistles, John often contrasts truth and lies, truth and falsehood, um, black and white, light and dark, Christ and antichrist. He's very skilled at writing in antitheses. And he talks about here the truth as opposed to uh, deception. And notice that um, he says to be in the truth is to be a Christian. It's the same as to be in Christ. Notice how he equates truth with Jesus Christ. He says, the truth abides in us. That's certainly true of Christ. Christ abides in us. We abide in Him. And then he says, truth will be with us forever. Well, Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
And Hebrews 13 says, I will never leave you or I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So John's going to say to this dear lady and her family, there are many deceivers over out there. They make lies sound good. And you need to know that the source of eternal life is the truth, which is embodied in Jesus Christ. So look again at verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Well, there's a standard greeting, or a standard greeting, grace, mercy, and peace. But John worded it a little bit differently than you find it in most other New Testament books. He says that it will be with us. He didn't say, may it be with you. I'm praying that it be with you. He's not saying this is a, this is a prayer or a wish. It's a promise. He'd lived 85 to 90 or so years as he wrote this. He spent three of those years in the presence of Jesus himself, the truth, and 60 of those years as his apostle. John understood the practical reality of the promises of God. He's saying, whatever you encounter, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and His Son Jesus will be with you. Absolute, ironclad promise. You belong to Christ. He's with you. Now, he was careful to include a very precise and complete description of Jesus because of the circumstances that he was writing about. Notice he calls him Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. Since this letter was written to caution friends against being involved with deceivers who don't preach the true Christ, he was very careful to specify details about the incarnation and the deity of Jesus. A lot of people don't realize that the, the first main theological error that came down the pike after Jesus ascended, concerning the doctrine of Christ anyway, did not attack his deity. You would think somebody would say, what, you mean a man was God? Actually, it was the other way around. They said, no, Jesus was a man. The Christ spirit came upon him at his baptism. Remember, something like a dove descended on him. And then he became Jesus the Christ. And then that Christ spirit left him before he was crucified. It's known today as Gnosticism. There's a, a very bad Christological part of, uh, of, of Gnosticism. So, it's very significant to say, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. He always was the Son of the Father. He became a man. And notice also here the juxtaposition of truth and love. That's an introduction to what, how the rest of the letter sounds. Truth and love are inseparable because they, they complement each other. So if the primary theme word of 2 John is truth, the second theme word is love. In just the 13 verses of this little postcard, truth appears four times and love appears four times. You're going to see another word that occurs four times. And now I just lost seven of you who are going to try to be reading through it to figure out what that word... Don't worry, I'll get there. Understand, uh, love is not love if it denies or ignores truth. You cannot justify skirting the truth because you say 
you're doing a loving thing. God's truth is never to be delivered without His love. It goes both hand in hand. Paul says twice in Ephesians to speak truth in love each one of you with your neighbor because we are members of one another. In 1 Corinthians, he wrote that if we lack love, we are like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Truth can be used like a battering ram, or it can be used like a miracle medicine when it's wrapped in love. It has to be mixed properly. Truth is the source of life. Secondly, truth is the rule of life. And I'm not saying that there are grammatical turns at these points in my outline. I'm saying here's how they relate to the theme word of truth. Truth is the rule of life. Verse 4, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Walking in truth is the key phrase here. A Christian is one who confesses the truth of God's Word and lives in harmony with what he or she claims to believe. He's not, he's not talking about perfect obedience. We know that none of us is capable of that. But he's talking about the lifestyle of a person who judges all things by the standard of God's Word. Always we need to ask, what does truth require me to do? That's the right question. Not, what can I get away with? What does truth require me to do? Now, he said he was, he was very glad about these people walking in the truth. That, that those three words, was very glad, translates one Greek word that's used in such a way to indicate that John had been personally involved with these people that he was commending. I've, I've seen the impact of some of your ministry. Maybe, maybe biological children, maybe grandchildren, but people you've influenced And that makes me very glad. I know, I'm no apostle, but I know as a person who is devoted to teaching people the truth of Scripture, there is no joy as wonderful as seeing people devoted to the truth of Scripture. There's no joy like watching somebody live according to God's Word. The greatest joy of ministry truly is seeing people walking in the truth and enjoying Christian fellowship with like-minded believers. And the greatest heartache of ministry is people turning from the truth or people abandoning fellowship or destroying fellowship. So John's really specific about making sure his words are not subject to misinterpretation or twisting. He says, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. In other words, when he talks about truth, he's talking about specific truth, the things revealed in the Word of God. The voice of God is recorded in the Word of God. Your personal opinion of what is true might be interesting, but it doesn't matter about the way to get to heaven. What God says is true is what matters. We have a lot of thinkers in our society today who are pretty successfully convincing a generation or two to reduce truth to something relative, something subjective, something personal. But that simply isn't true. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.